Welcome to Breakthrough Brands. You are listening to The Conscious Business Show, bringing purpose, profit, and prosperity into your life and business with your host, Joe Dalton. On this week's show, we have Susanna Healy. Susanna is a psychologist, hypnotherapist, mindful meditation teacher, author, and speaker. She has written for several Irish publications, newspapers, and magazines, and has been a guest on numerous radio and television programs. She also spoke at the Pendulum Summit in Dublin on the subject of spirituality and finding meaning at work. Susanna, welcome to Breakthrough Brands. How are you? I'm very well, Joe. Thanks for having me. How did we meet? How did we meet? Um... We, we met online, as the saying goes, I think we, we, we it, did. Was it Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what Tinder is. Ross, Ross, no, we don't. Actually, I don't know what Tinder is. Danny, are you on Tinder? Don't even know what Tinder is. Anyway, we'll, we'll change that. Yes, we met online. We did indeed. That's we had it, a conversation yeah. online. I think, I don't know how it happened. I know it was, I was, uh, you made a post or you made a comment on something and we connected through then. Was it that it? Yeah. And Pendulum? Pendulum Summit? Pendulum Summit. Pendulum Summit, Motivational Summit in January? No, Spoke no, that. no. No, wasn't that okay? Was, yeah, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't. it was something I posted on. Right, yeah, it was okay. something posted on. Or you, maybe you, you, were, you announced that you were posting on it and we, we okay. connected, yeah. Okay, I yeah. didn't do the Pendulum Summit this year. It, Boris Johnson turned me off it. That's right, the, okay, the, yeah, yeah. That was the yeah, only yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I know other people said um, that, yeah. You know, I, how was it? I loved it. I always love it, I have to say. I really enjoyed it. I know other people, you wouldn't be the only one who'd say that about Boris Johnson. And yet for a lot of other people, he was the big draw, you know, yeah. just to see what would he say and how would it go. Um, but I just think in terms of, uh, yeah, I just think in, in terms of, you know, kind of finding your tribe and hanging out with the people that you want to hang out with, if you know what the I mean. The get it. The get it. You're on the same wavelength. You can have loads of, you know, either your family and really good friends, but they're not necessarily... In friends for that reason or those kind of shared interests for that reason, you know. And I just love having a place that you can go to that's a space for people who are on the same wavelength. I love it for that reason. You get to a stage in life when you kind of speak to the people that get it and stop wasting your time on the people that don't get it. Mm -hmm. Because only when someone is ready to hear will they understand your message. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not forcing something down people's throats on it. Yeah. And I think people in that space are open to listening. I mean, we're not all necessarily believing the same thing or interested in exactly the same aspects, um, whether it's motivation or, you know, I come from obviously from the spiritual background of, of what motivates us or whatever, but other people might be doing. But it's all at the end of the day about bettering ourselves and growth and aspiration and inspiration. And I love that space. It's interesting. You said the word there, motivation. Mm. And I'm starting to believe that the word motivation is force. And it's a force pushed on where it's no longer motivation. It's inspiration. I think it depends where the motivation is coming from, whether it's internal or external. And hopefully we've all, even it's even in a small window of time or for a particular project or whatever it might be, had that those mornings when you just jump out of bed and you're excited about something and you're fully motivated and you just, you're utterly energised. Do you know what I mean? It means something. You've got something that just means something to you. It's caught your attention. You're just fully involved. And I, you know, and that's motivation. Whereas I, I know what you mean. The other type of motivation is motivation other, motivating other people uh, as if it's like, a whip, but actually, if you can find the real way, as you know yourself, the way to motivate somebody is to, to find what's intrinsically motivating to them. It's, before we started the interview, I was talking to a very good friend of mine this morning. We were having a bit of a laugh, and he was saying, Joe, you should run a course, you know, work in offices like the old ways. Is what, you know, go in with a stick and tell the staff if they didn't do this, we're going to beat them off the stick with the stick. And, and you know, tell them, listen here, you small guy, or, or listen here, you fatty, and beat them and all. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to kill you. And that will motivate them. We were laugh and says, yeah, wasn't that the way that it used to be know, in yeah, the yeah. 60s, 70s and the 80s? Manage with fear. Yeah. And now it's all evolving on it as well. So in saying that, 
Where did this spark of inspiration or your where did your journey begin? I'm sure you didn't wake up when, you know, at 10 years of age and go, oh, I'm finding this. What was, what evolved? Yeah. Um, you know, now looking back, I kind of feel like, oh, actually, those seeds were being nurtured. There's various different threads that I feel have come together in the in the book and in me that have all come together. But I do see them in the past now when I look back. Like when I left school, I did classics in university and Spanish and I did classics and I loved it. Well, yeah, I had more fun in university, but it wasn't really at the lectures. But anyway, but, but you know, I did like the subject and that's why I chose it. And but then afterwards going, why did I do that? I'm never going to get a job out of that. Whatever it might be, went into marketing. Then I was kind of, you know, I found that even though I'm still friendly with some of the people that I worked with, that was kind of whatever, nearly 30 years ago. Um, loved the people, but I just found what I was doing empty. I felt like I was trying to convince people to buy things that they didn't need or something. And I was just and that's not necessarily the case, but I just felt this isn't what I want to be doing here. And I went uh, back to psychology, which is what I kind of also wanted to do. Went back to psychology, went on from there. So then I I definitely knew from there, this is somewhere in this is my space. Definitely. I love this, you know. But then, you know, when I look now at my, some of my writing and, and everything and things like, I'm really interested in kind of um, like Michelangelo. I think he, his, his logo was three rings and it was sculpture, painting and what was the other one? Sculpture, painting and something else. I can't remember. But what are the three loves, you know? And I suppose mine would be philosophy, uh, psychology and spirituality or theology, maybe whatever. You know, they're my three rings of my loves, whatever. And I just finding that I'm going back to the classics now. And, you know, and I studied, then I studied logotherapy, Viktor Frankl. And it all just came together. It was all, I just suddenly realised, wow, these all these different threads are coming together in the space that I want to be. Absolutely. It was, there was seeds. I just didn't know when I was younger exactly where I wanted to be. Do you look out for the signs more now than ever before? Do you know those things on the wall or something that appears? Do you notice them more or are you still blind to them? I notice that even, for example, like what was yesterday, right? I, I was kind of getting back out to running. I hadn't been running for a while and what it, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, music wasn't working on my phone. And I said, OK, I'll do something on Audible or whatever. And I went back yeah, to a book. Funny. Yeah. And I went back to a book. I was trying to download a book, but it was taking I forever. I one of our podcasts you know, or something. So, well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next time, promise. <laughs> promise. Next time. And yeah. promise. Yeah. <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, yes, I will. And, um, but, but anyway, so I went back to a book that I'd kind of, forgotten about, you know, but it just, it puts, it put me in a, it was all about love and love being a fundamental aspect of the universe, you know, which is something that I believe. And it just put me back in the right space. But that was because my music didn't, you know, work. And then the, the other book didn't download fast. And then, you know, from that, the author was talking about something else and kind of said, oh God, I must look that up. And it goes on and on and on, you know, and I was going to go, that's from something not working for me. And that's how, what was supposed to happen. Yeah, it's it's the element, everything, you know, we, we if you really want to get into it, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. We believe that you have, you might see something that has happened to you, which is, oh my God, this is really shit. Mm. But it happened for a reason because there's good coming out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got fired, you got fired because you wanted to be fired. A lot of people might find that hard to believe, but you wanted to because somewhere along in your in your own mind, it wasn't serving you anymore. But that door has opened. It's that experience which might open to someone else. My own philosophy is that we create everything that we want to create for our own experience so we can understand what it is, expansion, what it may be. Mm. And I want to, I want to touch into mind, body and soul with yourself and mind, body and soul. We, we understand the spirituality and people will talk to you about it. And a lot of people get that awakening, but when they get that awakening, that's all they do. They think that they can sit in a corner and meditate and oh, everything mm. is oh, this. Mm. But you're a three part being and the other part of it is, is the mind and the body. 
and you need to use the mind and the body to do your work so you can pay the mortgage and mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. But it's a spurred action which one needs to get to move forward. Mm-hmm. So how do you absorb and use that and give that message out to other people as well? Do you know, it's a great question. I think that there's a couple of things in there that you've said. Uh, I think we need to be really careful of uh, this thing about manifesting and we can just manifest whatever we want. I think that's really, it can be a very cruel thing to say to somebody who's ill, maybe about to die or, you know. That's if you're fearful of death. But there's the element of it. And we'll get into that Mm, in a minute. mm, I don't mm, want to interrupt mm, you, but go on. mm. But I just think, you know, and often it mightn't be for for lots of people. It isn't, you know, something I'm not fearful about my own death, but I don't want to leave my children, you know, without a parent or whatever it might be. You know, it's for somebody else. So I think we need to be really careful of that, you know, that you've kind of in some way willed it on yourself. Um, I think there's certainly learning that can come out of it, most definitely. But I think we just need to be really careful and compassionate in that. Yeah, there has to be empathy and there has to be, you know, it's, it's a case of if you believe that the mind is the greatest gift that you have and you can create anything you want from mm. that. Mm. And there is that commercial element of, you know, I want material goods, mm. so I'm going to manifest mm. these mm. material mm. goods. Mm. Where if you can get to compassion and understanding of you don't need those material goods, they naturally or whatever may flow to you, but it's the inner peace that you have. Yeah. So going back to the conversation is, yes, you might upset people. However, there is that fine line. But I think that the people that that understand a deep understanding of soul mm. maybe be able to, they're the ones that can lift beyond and see that. I think, um, you know, I, it's, I think it's just, it's learning to, when you notice that you can bring yourself to a place where a feeling of love, a feeling of literally a, a thing that you can drop into. And then also after, once you've kind of felt that through meditation, through prayer, just through compassion from for somebody or from somebody, um, you've touched on it, you've touched it, you know, Um but then the practice comes in actually being able to live with that all the time, that it becomes your how of living. It's not what you do, you know, whatever you do to pay the bills, you still need to do it, you know. But it's 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 how you live that very practical, very physical, ordinary life. It it it, it impacts all of it. It flows through all of it. You don't need to go and change jobs. You don't need to go on a sit in a yoga mat. You know, to me, spirit is, to, I, I kind of describe it a bit like the canvas on which the, the mind and body are drawn. So the canvas is the, 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 the ground on which the other two are, are, are later layers, as it were, you know. Yeah. So it kind of permeates through the, the other layers. That's how I see it, you know. How do you manage the whole space and then sort of martism. Is it, uh, martism is probably the wrong word, you know. Um, oh, it's, it'll, it'll, it will come to me, but mm. it's that, you know, f- not forcing it on people and just understanding of how you are and living your life and dealing mm. with your ego, which mm-hmm. often will pop in and go, you've got it. I'm going to tell the world now that you've got it. And you go, hold on, mm-hmm. I have got it, mm-hmm. but... That's my ego talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think loads of it is because we're so great at kind of thinking, oh, I've got it or I've got the secret. I'm going to tell everybody else about it and I'm going to correct everybody else. You yeah. know, I think we're all really good at that. And also, I mean, I know the feeling of like, because when I came around to writing my book, I, it's my baby. I love it. I felt like I found home. I found my space. I don't want to move out of this space, you know. But it's not everybody's worldview. And I have to be careful of that. It's kind of the idea of, listen, I think this is important. I'd like you to share this idea with you versus, no, you really should think this way. It's only a view. You it's know. an opinion. It yeah. is, you know. It, it, yeah. yeah. You know. It's like if I do a talk, I always, before I do a talk, I say to some people, I go, look, I'm about to share my opinion. You might understand it. 
Mm. You might believe it. You might think it's the biggest tosh mm. in the world. Mm. And that's okay. I'm only just sharing what I feel mm-hmm. of the experience that I know. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, we can only experience the world through the, the mind, body and soul that we, you know, we inhabit. So we don't know if it is actually just that. That is just a very biased way of, of seeing the world. Do We don't know if it is actually partly my genetics and my upbringing that makes me feel that there is much more to the world than the seen world. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, is that yeah. just my, is partly my, maybe my genetics and my upbringing? You know? Tell me about your upbringing. What were you like as a teenager? Teenager, I was, I suppose I thought I was a bit wild, but I wasn't really um, that was oh I listen I did the, the all the the cool clothes and that kind of stuff you know and the was speaking to the black music. gear and all the rest of it kind of into the music but I wasn't actually really that into the music but the gear and the you know or I did the Madonna gloves and the oh I did fishnet uh, tights I did various different I versions fing- of I you the, know I was ska. <laughs> I had the fingerless gloves and the, the white collarless shorts right and yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I you know them, the eighties <laughs> so I did all of that stuff but. Would I ever have done anything? I didn't really do anything that ever was going to really challenge my parents. I loved them too much and I just wasn't going to do anything. You know, I think I think, think I still had my head screwed on. You know, I didn't know where I was A going to come soul. to. I didn't probably would oh, I'd probably say that I didn't really know who I was that much. I think most um, people did until they're in their no, 30s exactly. or 40s. No, really. but, uh, but on the other hand, even things like... Um, you know, even kind of when I tried smoking or whatever, and then I'd, I decided, oh, listen, I'm not going to do, I'm, I'm not going to go to college smoking because then I'll be smoking the rest of my life. So I kind of, do you know something? I'm going to stop that before I start college. Uh, so there's, even though sometimes I look back and go, crikey, I was all over the place. I actually wasn't that all over the place, actually. I probably did have my head screwed on enough that I kind of felt like I'm not going to do something really dangerous or stupid, yeah. you know. Having fun. But not being stupid. Yeah. 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 A bit you like know. myself, I was, you know, had a crack in it and, and enjoyed every part of it and never got in trouble. Yeah. Do you know that yeah. that was it on it? Yeah. At what stage did you kind of get all the knowledge and all the experience to kind of go, oh my God, I have a book here? Mm. I, I suppose <laughs> I definitely don't say I'd have it all still. Definitely well, you not. Ne- um, you never do. You, you never, never do. do. You know, no. and I remember going to a writer's workshop and this um, writer saying, who kind of a ghost writer, so he's written loads and loads of books for people. And um, him kind of saying, you know, you, you'll always look back on your book and you'll kind of cringe by the time it's published because it's about a year later before it's yeah. published and you cringe and go, God, you know, because you know more already, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't cringe with this book, but because I, I absolutely love it. But um I, you know, I just consider writing to be speaking to people and I just felt, you know, it, it's a way of speaking. That's all it is to me. It's a way of kind of and collating my own thoughts because, I, as I say, I was reading all this stuff and I'd folders of pieces of paper. I'd be out, say, running or something, listening to something and I'd write in my notes on my phone. I'd have to stop to <laughs> yeah, put something in somebody's go. name. Go, oh, I must look up that or whatever, you know. Yeah, quick, uh, get that before I forget. <laughs> and I'm the worst for writing on the back of envelopes. and. Yeah bits of paper and they were all just related no I must look at that must look at that and I just felt like you know I need to put all these threads together and organise them a little bit Um, so all I think of is writing as speaking to people who are kind of like-minded and saying hey look I I read this isn't this interesting you know look how two supposedly totally different realms actually kind of saying the same thing in different ways Did it change the way you perceive the world when you put it down on paper? Um, I don't think I'd say that. It organised my thoughts better, but no, by the time I wanted to write, it was bubbling in my head for a good while. Um, Even fairly soon after my, my first book, it was bubbling in my head. I knew that was where I wanted to go. This was what really mattered to me, this subject. Um, And I actually, my... I suppose my upbringing, uh, the things I read, I was seeing the world. This is how I saw the world. Um, I just felt that it also needed, it, 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 the spiritual space can, I find, in, in for, for me, some things like, like for everybody, you know, spirituality is utterly personal. And 
for some things in the in the spirituality space or spirituality books, they were definitely not for me or I just felt, well, it's going a bit too far or claiming a bit too much. We can't know that kind of thing. Um, so I just felt I needed to say, this is how I see it, you know. Uh, but utterly personal and um, but it is personal it's you, completely it, personal it, everything is personal in because that space because it's relational like, relational yeah you, you know the beauty you'd say spirituality and Danny in there is probably falling asleep mm-hmm. um, on the scone oh my god mm-hmm. there we go oh my god <laughs> and and um, it's it's a case of when you mention sit up in the chair us, there Danny the <laughs> I'm going to ask you 50 questions now in a minute Danny where are we what are we doing um, when you mention it and it, it, you know if I stood up in front of a crowd and says oh, you know every time I mention spirituality to people how many of your eyes are going to roll mm-hmm. in the back mm-hmm. of your head mm-hmm. and I distinguish I'm, I'm, I'm very strongly distinguishing between dogma religion and spirituality mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that the same or they're the same and I'm not often on an occasion when I'm doing a, a talk mm-hmm. I will I, I think I discussed this with you before that I will ask people who here is religious and nobody will put up their hand mm-hmm. maybe two or three people mm-hmm. put up their hand and then I'll say who here is spiritual and about when I used to ask the question about 20% of people would put up their hand and then when I say who here meditates, you'd have about 40%. And I started asking this question maybe about two, three years ago. And I've noticed now there's less hands putting their hands up even for religion. There is more people putting their hands up for spirituality. Mm-hmm. And there's even more people putting their hands up now for meditation. Mm-hmm. Well, if you said this 10 years ago, people would throw you out of the room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. It's, it's a level of consciousness and I think there's a vibrational rise mm-hmm. because people now want to know more. Mm-hmm. And I think with science and quantum physics that's coming in and showing proof of how energy works, mm-hmm. there's more people going, hmm. And you said it there, it is personal. And it's a personal journey and not one person's journey is identical like a snowflake. 93.9 Dublin South FM. With your personal journey, what was was there an, an, a, a, a moment that you kind of went, Christ, I get it. Because I've had moments going, Christ, I've got it. And I know now, if I knew now what I knew 10 years ago, it would be amazing. And I know in another 10 years, I'd go, God, if I knew this, it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So was there a moment for you and... Do you feel, you're, I'm going to throw this out, do you feel now you are closer to enlightenment than you've ever felt before? Um, I'd feel very e- egotistical saying, I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I'd feel crikey because it's, it, you know. it is, you're not, but, but it's, you know, it's, yeah. um, but yet I think it's, um, I think I find it really comfortable in enlightenment because it is you know it feels like oh, to say that you're enlightened is, is like it's, it's, it's flattering yourself or something like that but yeah. actually it is actually just seeing clearly yeah. you know that's all it is it's seeing clearly reality as you know as it really is but just to ask to go back to your first question absolutely there was a moment um, it was um, I was standing in the front hall of my childhood home with my dad and we he's um, he's been very influential I suppose but he in, in, we'd have great conversations but we were talking about something he'd be fiercely mathematical but also in this space as well but he I remember him saying to me this sentence he said oh you're presuming that time is linear as in the time just goes in an arrow and a line and I said sorry and he kind of said you're presuming that you know and so we this other I was just about to go you know to go and collect the kids or wherever I was dashing off to and I was like what do you mean about you know whatever and then we started this other conversation about space and time and all that kind of thing and it was literally you know I can it just suddenly the world just opened in a totally different direction different ways I'm doing all these things with my hands I don't know why I'm doing that on radio but it just suddenly just expanded my my view of everything yeah. completely it was literally a moment and I went you, you know, got it and understood it I just saw the world in a different way and everything else that I've learned is only just growing and adding from that moment you know it, it yeah, it's literally it's, a change it of worldview suddenly it's, I think it's when you you have moments when you get it 
And then you have moments where your ego jumps in and you mm-hmm. have that fear. And I always say mm-hmm. to people, I talk about levels of consciousness mm-hmm. and I talk about this fine line and the fine line is above and below. So mm-hmm. above is positive, below is negative. Mm-hmm. And below is where we li- the majority of people live. So it starts off with doubt. Mm-hmm. That doubt turns into fear. Mm-hmm. That fear turns into anxiety, mm-hmm. empathy and every on all those mm-hmm. other parts that if they can actually just trust and get their, their own mind to believe that there's happy, there's a place where there's happy joy, fulfillment and stay on that. You'll, you can get past that paradigm shift and break that wall. Mm-hmm. The monkeys will always be on your back. Yeah. And this is what I've learned that people think of manifestation or they think, oh, they've, you know, enlightenment and all. They think that you just walk around and go, oh, brilliant. The shit is always following you, exactly. but it's how you handle it's it. The how. It's, it's the how. It's the how you yeah. handle yeah. it. So yeah. if something goes wrong, I look yeah. at it and go, that's okay, I can handle this because yeah. it's only just an experience. And then I see through it and it moves on. I yeah. don't climb up in the wall and go, this yeah. is it. Yeah. But sorry to interrupt you there, but I'd also kind of say because, and when we talk about oneness and we talk a lot about that oneness in, in the spiritual realm, but in the physical world, us being connected does, me eating does not, or me feeding my children does not feed some other mother's children in another country or anywhere, you know, okay. it does not put food in their mouth. So we may be connected on a spiritual level, but at the end of the day, they're still starving. You know, yeah, yeah. So it is the how, because if I keep going where, you know, it's the how of how I live, then I kind of go, okay, I need to be helping the poor more. I need to be doing, and it's not always just kind of because sometimes helping the poor abroad or something can feel it can be much easier than actually the how of how we treat somebody at home or keeping our best manners for the people that we love most. Yeah, but and the people around that, you, it's, you know? it's like someone once said to me years ago, it's amazing that someone will be nice to someone on the street mm-hmm. and it'll be really mean mm-hmm. and vindictive to someone close to them. Yeah. And you kind of, you're going to, yeah, that's, that's the way. But you talk about, yes, there's, if you, you know, there's 25,000 people die of starvation on a daily basis. Do you know, the, the, we could, it's, it's a whole different show about the way the distribution of everything mm-hmm. in the world is. But I also believe that in the spiritual end, that a lot of people who are connected on the spiritual end feel that they're not, they don't have the right to charge the amount that they need to survive. So they all struggle because mm-hmm. it's, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a fine line where the people of these, I, I'm of the belief, the more you earn, the more people you can help. help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, buy the Land Rover because when you buy the Land Rover, the people that have put that car together you're helping putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's just something that I'm questioning at the moment, and maybe maybe you can you can help me with this. Is in we talk about in countries where there is a shoe company or a clothes company fee making these people work. These people are working in the shoe factory, mm-hmm. or which mm-hmm. we're buying these designer clothes for mm-hmm. 80, 90 euros. These people are getting paid five dollars a day. Mm-hmm. But that $5 a day is, could that $5 a day help them put food on their table? Hopefully then they will get into a, something else after that and then they'll earn $10 a day or $20 a day or $100 a day. That is it better to be giving them something for their own selves to experience than not have anything at all? I, do, do you understand? Yeah, I'm, I'm I, sort I, of I'm uh, tying around with this. I know it's mm-hmm. wrong. People go, but there's still, I said, but is it not better to, and I know it's controversial, that is it, I, it, I know it's not right. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the one thing mm-hmm. I'm saying, and I know mm-hmm. it's not right. Mm-hmm. But if someone, if I've been in experience in, 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 you know, I remember when £10 was a lot mm-hmm. because I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Do you know that end yeah. of month, and, yeah. and yeah. so ten pound yeah. is a lot to someone if they don't mm. have it. Yeah. So is that that ten pound or ten dollars that you're taking away from someone? Do you, do you understand what? Yeah. I'm no, no, I completely understand. I, I just think it, so. It's not a matter of okay, if we just take the business away from them, well, then that factory full of people working for pittance, but actually, they're, they're, that money is gone as well from them. But we do have the power, I think we've... To get them to pay, get them more. To get them more, to get yeah. to demand more. And that 
kind of that moral sense, that kind of social conscience, I think is is rising in, in in the West. It really is. And people are kind of, you know, they will say no to a higher salary. They won't they won't take a really low salary, but they'll say no to, you know, to a particularly high salary in, if, if it's meaningless work or it feels like it's abusive work in any way. Yeah, I think there is, a, that's rising in the world. I really think it yeah. is. So we have to, we kind of can feel so powerless as one purchaser, but actually if we do that, same with packaging and plastic packaging and all of that, the businesses have to listen to us if we all turn away from certain types of, if, you know, if you feel that, that how products are, are produced is abusive or whatever. Because I, I just think in, it, we can presume, oh, well, they can start on five or a day, but then hopefully they'll work up the ladder. Yeah. But I think that's a very Western view because yeah. there's no ladder for them. There is that's no ladder. The yeah, yeah. They'll stay on that for their lives, for their lives because it's, it works for us. Yeah. That's the problem. You are listening to The Conscious Business Show with Joe Dalton. I thought about cigarettes the other day. And I, in the 60s and 70s, cigarettes were power. Yeah. You know, they take control. And I think that what's gone through my mind is that, again, and I just mentioned there are levels of consciousness, that I think that what happened with cigarettes is that levels of consciousness made them now in the Western world sort of eradicate, really, mm-hmm. in Ireland and, mm-hmm. you know, what we're doing. There's a big population in South, Amer- in South America now is the big target. Mm-hmm. And eventually their levels of consciousness will get to where ours is with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. That will cigarette companies be in existence in another 50, 60 years is because of the migration of people going, we need to, and that starts with, that started with thought of someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Possibly not. Or they might turn turn into something else. Or they produce something that's less harmful or whatever it might be in order to, you know, I mean, any good brand has to see what's coming down the track for Mm. them and say, okay, we need to be looking at kind of diversifying or totally changing product completely to recreate ourselves if we want to reinvent ourselves, if we want to to survive here. Because that's what's, uh, you know, or else they decide, right, well, we'll sell to a different part of the world and they'll all take our product, you know. I mean, there's parts of the world where actually it's easier for mothers to feed their babies uh, cola than it is to to get milk for them. Yeah, you know? and, and, and it, it's even like of there's, parts of the world where the stable diet now is is collected by the Western world as a healthy product and the people are starving and there's actually famine in, in, in certain parts of South America because we want to eat their stable diet because right. it's very good. Yeah. So yeah. is there, I know we're drifting off on mm. it, but it's, and, and we, we, I think we could, we could sit here for hours and talk mm. about different, mm. but, but does it boil down to different levels of consciousness and how to develop that consciousness of having a soul, that old industrial archetype of driving business, looking at the bigger picture and going, okay, profit is important, mm-hmm. but ethically, let's do it on a, a better way. Yeah. And I think that has to be driven by the, the consumer um, because while there is still a market to do business the easy way, they will continue to do that. But it was really interesting. I was reading online yesterday about a French telecommunications company up in court, but the word that was used big for kind of harassment um, and being bullying people out of business and some of them committed suicide and this kind of thing, it was um, in the news. But one of the the words that was used in 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 the in the court case was moral harassment moral harassment you know now that's interesting isn't yeah, it yeah. so and we're beginning to get these words and like purpose anxiety and that kind of thing and moral distress isn't it there we're beginning to see even in psychology research these new um these new sufferings, these types of suffering in people, um, that there's moral distress, moral harassment, uh, purpose anxiety. What's my purpose? I'm supposed to have a purpose in life. What's my purpose if I don't find my purpose? The biggest question that, that is kind of asked stuff, you know? is what is my purpose? Yeah. That's the biggest question mm. that people ask. And when people ask me, I said, it's to remember. I don't think I want to remember who you are. Mm-hmm. Psychology. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is there a, a change in the whole industry that people are starting to look now as well because I know so many psychologists who are bringing a spiritual element or have stepped away from psychology 
and using more of a spiritual, holistic approach. Yeah, I think it's still at the individ- individual level rather than, but but it is coming. I mean, because the World Health Organization considers spirituality as, an, as a dimension of our well-being. UNESCO report talks about it as well. And yet it seems to have not filtrated in the public realm. And that's why I kind of wanted to, in the book to talk about the public realm, because if the research is saying that spirituality is good for us, and as part of our well-being, well, then it's important in the public realm to be to be looking at that. You know that that actually it is part of our education system and our hospital system and our you know our healthcare system and all of those things as well and government etc. Um, so going back to your question in terms of psychology, I think there is a gentle move that direction. But I think there are a lot of people in psychology, individuals in psychology, um, who are interested and are moving, as you say, in that or already have that in their background, in their repertoire or in their personal interests. Just that the research wasn't there. And we're, in psychology, we tried to be as scientific and evidence-based as possible. And that's why it was never felt like it was on solid enough ground to be considered mainstream, you know. But a lot of psychologists would absolutely recognise it as a hugely important part of a person's well-being. Would you feel that certain people will will listen to what you're saying and listen to your and, and listen to the conversation and go, ah, it's grand, isn't she? Is aren't they great talking about this yeah. because it's among themselves? Yeah. But then those people maybe when other people start turning their heads and listening and kind of well, maybe there is something here mm-hmm. that those hierarchy of industries might go, hang on, let's, these people need to be ridiculed. You know, like, yeah. I, like I always say, nobody will always agree with everything you're saying. And when you are talking about spirituality, not everybody will agree. There was a man that was crucified because a lot of people didn't agree with what he had to say. So not everybody will agree on it. Do you feel that you are, you have a message to tell and that message, you're standing out in front. When you first came out with this, like for me, when I came and said, look, I'm, I am spiritual and I believe in greater... I had to, I had to it described as I was coming out. I felt like I was coming out of yeah. the closet and yeah. telling people that yeah. I was, I was gay. Mm. I don't know if it's politically correct mm. anymore, but that's mm. how I, mm. well, do you feel that you, you've stepped up the plate when you did it? It's the, oh my God, I said it. Now I'm waiting for the backlash and there's no backlash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I know exactly what you mean. There's an element, listen, there is absolutely without question that because people would have said to me, are you mad talking about this? It's career suicide. You know, yeah. you want to be scientific and serious and yeah. da, da, da. Do you know something? It was just, I got to the stage in my life. It's so me. It's utterly comfortable and home. And I just feel like, do you know something? I'm going to say it. You know what I mean? And, you'll, yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll, uh-huh. and also you... It gives license to other people to do the same thing. Yeah, that's it, what I love. It's you know, the fear of it because it's been. I interviewed a Denise Devlin there a while back, and she wrote a book, um, "The Untold Story." Mm-hmm. And in it, I was saying to her, "We talk about we talked about woo woo, and when you mention woo woo, everybody rolls their eyes." And my question was, "Is woo woo the norm?" But we have been holding it back and letting it be woo-woo when it's not really yeah. woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, Everything yeah. else is yeah, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And you're going, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, that's it. And that's the movement that we do. Like, you know, I have I have friends who have basically said to me, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm not asked, I'm not pushing anything yeah. on you. Yeah. I'm just happy. I yeah. wake up, I, I told someone this the other day that I have a pain in my jaw here from my teeth from pushing down, right? And they asked me, was I stressed? And I says, no, it's actually because I'm going to bed at night smiling. It's brilliant. Do you know, because I found, I understand and I realise the truth and we're here and and I've had this, I get it. it. And I'm going to bed smiling and that's why the pressure is there. And he went, that's fucking 
that's just not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dr. White. Yeah, it's I'm, definitely I'm a rarer it. problem. Yeah, I'm you, I'm, jaw pain. Yeah. I'm jaw pain white because I'm smiling. Yeah, oh, brilliant. well, let's, let's, uh, let's hit you with something yeah. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not read the papers recently? Not read the papers. <laughs> but it's brilliant, you know. 93.9 Dublin South FM What message are you trying to get through? We have, I know we haven't really talked about the book but I, I really wanted to talk yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. What message were you trying to get across to people when they picked up the book? I was, I was a couple of different messages I suppose. One was to, because I just think it's spirituality is really important and we need to be educating people about it because if we take it completely off the table and particularly in Ireland where religion equals spirituality um, religion should equal spirituality it's just not the only route to being to spirituality spirituality is a much bigger thing religion is one methodology each religion is one method of trying to understand spiritual things and for some people it's not spiritual at all it is just literally a um, almost a social membership to some extent or can it be what I call religion by rote. Other people, it is very, very deeply spiritual, very deeply spiritual, and it is their way of living a spiritual life. Fantastic. Um, so that is great. And I attend um, mass and I, you know, pray and all of that kind of thing. So I have religious beliefs, but I'm not sure I would tick I definitely don't tick all the boxes, if you know what I mean. I don't tick all the boxes, definitely not, um, for what I should and shouldn't believe, as it were, So, because it's so personal. But what I wanted to say was, listen, in Ireland, in fact, I was going to call the book Catching the Baby, because in terms of Ireland... Into the backwater. Exactly. We've just, we kind of said, OK, no to religion, and everything went with it. And yet Irish people are deeply spiritual by nature. And we just needed to give it voice. There was just a kind of a, the pendulum had swung the, the wrong way too far. And I just thought, listen, we need to realise well, we're deeply was, spiritual. I think it know. swung the wrong way because the priest was more powerful than the policeman. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's, you know, that's where, you know, political ego, everything was driven in there. Oh, you want to get to heaven, write us a check there and that gets you to heaven. Mm -hmm. Purgatory. Oh, purgatory. And then suddenly it wasn't, it wasn't there. And excuse me, can I ask a question? Yes. What happened to all those souls that were and no longer in it? Yeah. I feck off, you were told. Mm -hmm. Just, it's it's gone. So it was just a rubber stamp and there was no, it was... And that's why I think that, and all the other issues that happened within the, in the organisation as well, the church, and that swung up. Mm-hmm. But by that swinging up as well, and you said that we are very connected as well ourselves, that as, as that came back down, it was spirituality that was swinging back down yeah. on yeah. it. Yeah. And the understanding of, hang on, there has to be something up there that isn't egotistic or isn't run by fear, mm-hmm. but has to be here that if there was something up there, wouldn't be doing all, wouldn't, you know, is forgiving in every way mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's where that creation started. That, that Do you know, there's a great phrase. Um, I don't know who said it, first of all, but it was God created um, man in his image and likeness and man returned the compliment. (laughs) And it's a great one because it is. It was and it was this image of the kind of uh, man in this very human man in the sky with ego and, you know, angry and you know, punish people and all of this kind of thing, as opposed to just pure ultimate love, uh, a totally different thing. So that is my belief. Now, it may not be everybody else's belief and that's perfect. You know, I'm not saying mine is right, but that was where we've come from. We're also talking about Ireland, which is very much Catholic church kind of thing. And there are obviously lots and lots of other types of, uh, yeah, uh, lots yeah. of other religions as well, you know. What's your daily practice? My daily practice is prayer. Prayer is my daily practice, but prayer is ongoing throughout the day. I don't, um, I will pause to pray, but I, it could be literally at, it could be at traffic lights, it could be just at my desk. It's regular throughout the day. Um, Silence, I love, I absolutely love silence. I find that's what brings you into stillness and centeredness, you know, but I don't, I, I go through phases of doing kind of a, a, a set time where I wake up and I sit. And where I came to this in terms of going back the, the, the book for a minute, I did, I also taught mindfulness meditation. And 
I used to do a Christian meditation and then I kind of learned about mindfulness and was becoming very, very fashionable and everything. And I learned about it and it was really interesting. And after a while, and I was teaching here and in the UK, um, workshops and everything. And after a while, I began to say, you know, this it's a deeply spiritual practice, but I found that for a lot of people, it was and it was just marketed to businesses as a um, as a just a kind of a brain training exercise. I'm thinking, you know, that's not where it really came from. You know, it was a much it's a much more spiritual, but yet. I felt I just, like the Dalai Lama said, bloom where you're planted. And I just felt I needed to go back to speaking openly about spirituality, which mindfulness doesn't. And I needed to be true to myself. And that's where it all just said, you know something, this is who I am. This is being true to myself. I needed to go back and talk about overtly about spirituality. I think mindfulness, the word is bounced around like a penny off a wall. I, I, you know, it's, it's everyone mindful this, mindful that, mm. but it's, there is a connection to it on it. You, you mentioned there, I, I, I said to you about what you do on a daily basis and mm. you said prayer. And I think a lot of people might think that you go around saying our father all day mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Myself, and this is what I, I, I maybe want to try and get a, a across as well to the audience is when you get it and you understand it, you're constantly thinking of divine, but you're not doing it in a prayer point of view, but you're consciously there going, this is awesome. That's great. Life is brilliant. Um, it takes time. It takes practice for your mind to get into that switch that you're focused all the time on. How are you? Mm-hmm. I know you. I know you have me back. And that takes time. But once that happens, and that's prayer, once that happens, you don't really spend that day sitting in the car thinking of negative stuff because Mm -hmm. your your mind, you've trained your mind. Mm -hmm. You've trained your mind and you're using your mind in such a way that benefits you now and not the demons. It just like when I talked about that going running yesterday and, you know, and, you know, that to me was a divine hand. It was kind of, no, no, I'm just pointing you this way because I want you to go back into that book and read it. And, you know, that'll point you to something else and something else. Absolutely. That to me would be, that's where it is. So you're seeing it in the, in the absolute mundane um, when things just suddenly fall a certain way and you're kind of going, oh. That's not really a coincidence, you know. Yeah, nothing is. No. Nothing is. We're coming to the end. We've, That's a pretty um, great shot. We, 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 we could go on for days. Yeah, good we? Yeah, Daddy yeah. wants to jump out the window. <laughs> oh, he's off again. He's off again. The spiritualities on one of those shelves again. Where's the? Where's? Uh, hang in there, Danny. Hang in there, Danny. <laughs> hang, hang in, Danny. Hang on. We'll, we'll get you the rope later. <laughs> um. What's the best advice you've ever been, you've ever received? Um, best advice I've ever received. It, uh, could I say no. the saying that is most meaningful to me ever? Mm, yes. That'd be all right. It's, your, it's, 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 only, it's all right if, you, yeah. if it's all right for you. Yeah, because it, it's the most, it's, it's by a... Um, a Jesuit paleontologist, a priest by the name of um, Théard de Chardin, a French paleontologist. He was very much kind of a very holy man, incredibly holy man, incredible writing, beautiful writing, but he was also silenced by the church uh, because he saw the evolution of mankind because he was paleontology. He saw kind of ancient primitive man and evolution. And that was kind of at the same time as Darwin coming out. And it was just the church were not one bit happy. And he saw us all evolving and improving ourselves to one pure consciousness that he called the Omega point. And that was just not a, wasn't kind of towing the line in terms of, of, of Catholic teaching. And yet he had this fabulous appreciation of divinity. And, um, but he says, someday after mastering the winds, the waves, the tides and gravity, we will harness for God the energies of love. And then for a second time in the history of the world, man will have discovered fire 
And I think it's fabulous because it equates love. That one for Paul. Yeah, and it's a long one, but it's beautiful because... I, I, to me, I, I, he equates love as one of the fundamentals, like gravity, like gravity, like um, the winds, wind energy, you know, heat, etc. As fundamental to the world as that is love, and I think it's very powerful. Are you running workshops? Are you? What's what's? What are the workshops? Where can people find? Contact me on the website, um, SusannaHealy.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-A-H and then H-E-A-L-Y.com. I am on LinkedIn. I'm going to do more on social media because I'm not so great at social media. I find I just lose time on that one. Um, But I'm going to be doing more on that and and writing more online um, because I just want to give people license to have this. And I do a lot of kind of corporate wellness talks as well. Uh, I'll be doing more public talks in um, Stulorgan Park Hotel in September. Uh, you'll get that on seminars.ie and you can book there or you can contact me through the website and I'll, I'll show you how to book that. That's a public seminar yeah, on no the seminars, seven days. So. Um, and where can people get the book as well? Um, you can get it. Um, you can get it in your local bookshop still, and they or if, if it's not available, they, you know they can order it in. But it's in Eason's and and all the the big booksellers. Um, you can get it online, and if not, just contact me if you want it signed and that kind of thing. The it's it's um, due to be sold. I've got sold in Germany and Romania. Uh, still working on the states and that kind of thing. So you can't get it on Amazon.com just yet from America. But you can. I know somebody's had problem with that. If you have any problems with it, come to me and and, and I'll sort it for you. But it is there online as well. As, um, as a, audible. Not when's, on Audible yet, when? no. I don't know when that's going to happen. Big, it's know. big at the moment. Yeah, yeah as you listen yeah, to Audible. Yeah, yourself, yeah it so. absolutely is because yeah. I was looking for it myself and thinking, oh, I need to check that out and get it yeah, online. It's, it's, you know, Declan Coyle, but, the Green Platform, he wrote the Green Platform okay, and yeah. he's now working on his book yeah. on Audible as well. So Reading it himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Some readers got it's it's like uh, who was it? Um, Push and force. Um, he wrote the book. He, he uh, and he had his own voice. It was painful listening to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it depends. You know what I mean. If yeah. your voice is right and for it, had, you, someone yeah. else had a book and they used a computer and certain words. They couldn't pronounce. I'm going to ask. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, that's not that's not so great. And so, yeah. yeah, and you need a professional to say, listen, you do or you don't have the right voice, and just go with it. Do you know what I mean? And don't let the ego get yeah. in the way, kind yeah. of thing, and Stephen, just go with whatever Stephen they Hawkins. say. Hawkins, Hawkins, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. on it. So just give it out the website again, just for... for so for it's SusannaHealy.com. Or the 7 com will also bring you to my website as well. Um, and also, you know, kind of trying to kind of in the, in the, in the coming months set up some other public talks around the country. So do yeah. get in touch. And remember, if you want to touch base with myself, it's joe at jdc.ie. The website is joedalton.ie. And we have the Conscious Business Academy, which is offering purpose profit and prosperity into your life we're talking about now soulful selling mindful marketing creative leadership and creative culture take care